0: estate planning made easy. This is the strong room on 770 CHQR, a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 770 CHQR. I'm Peter Watts with this Macmillan Estate Minute. Who needs an estate plan? We put that question to Sherry McMillan, head of McMillan Estate Planning.
1: I suggest all of us do. Now, it's usually the affluent that pursue estate planning because they have more to protect. However, estate planning is about also creating wealth. So I think all of us should pursue estate planning in our early years, not waiting until we're 60s, 70s, and 80s.
0: Tax reasons alone are a good reason to have a life plan.
1: If you can, you know, design a plan where you pay less tax every calendar year, well, every decade you do that is obviously going to impact your estate more favourably
0: helps to deal with the what-ifs of life.
1: It's about your life. How are we going to craft your estate to mitigate tax, to create wealth for you, and to protect it for the people you love and trust? For
0: more, go to McMillanEstate.com or call the office at 403-266-6464. Jane Bruni is Financial Literacy Leader for the Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. Her group came out with a progress report last week that includes elements that are of interest to older Canadians.
2: Three of the research reports relate to uh, uh, an older adult population. Hesitate to say seniors because I'm in that category now. So am I. (laughs) Yeah exactly we we found some really interesting things uh in terms of our older population some concerns you know of course our seniors population are entering their older years with uh, with more debt so in one of the research findings uh, a paper called financial literacy and retirement wellbeing we found that in 2014 19% of seniors in Canada entered their older years with a mortgage Um, they're carrying more debt than they did five years earlier. You know, 15% of those carried credit card balance. Again, a higher percentage than when this uh, survey was first fielded, so a concern for us. Um, in terms of what, what works, like the two most important things around financial literacy for an older population is building confidence. So financial confidence is very important in addition to, of course, knowledge. You need to know about financial products and services and understand the financial marketplace to a certain extent, but really the confidence allows you to ask those questions that are so important to ask to drive to the right product and service for your needs. The second skill that was really important was making use of advice on, uh, on financial products and services. So lots of really good information around seniors. Um, higher debt, unfortunately, but there are things that we can do to help them out.
0: Well, they have to say no once in a while to their offspring who want uh, a down payment or an advance on their inheritance so they can make a down payment on a, a home. Uh, and in some cases, um, uh, they're getting back children who are uh, uh, older, uh, who moved out and now have moved back in. I think that's probably a trend that is costing an older demographic some dollars uh, every month. Well, it's
2: definitely a trend, you know, older uh, adults helping out you know, their children, their adult children, and their grandchildren, in fact. So it is a trend. And the other part of that story is that our Canadian population is very healthy. We're living longer. And so we have uh, seniors that are living much longer. So having to plan and save for living in retirement for a much longer period of time. And possibly, you know, the, the health care costs that might come uh, in our senior years that, uh, that well, you know, It's an unfortunate thing that you have to pay for health care. But the great thing is people are living longer.
0: Jane, how much is the transformation to the digital world of the 21st century impacting financial literacy?
2: Well, digitalization is huge. You know, financial products and services are moving online, as we know. Um, Information on the Internet, online apps, that kind of thing, it's uh, it's growing, the momentum has built to a great extent. Now that brings some challenges, but of course, opportunities. So greater information online means you can reach more people, means that people can search out and and look for information, ask questions, that kind of thing, do some research. But for those who are either not comfortable with computers or, or technology, they may not feel comfortable shopping online or banking online or even seeking out information. So our current seniors population shows demographics like that, that are different, you know, some people are comfortable, some people are not, which means from an education perspective, we have to keep that in mind. We need to use the the um, online platform as a way to reach people, but we have also have to support them with in-person information or, uh, or print format, frankly. And pamphlets work well, we, pr- we distribute some information. Uh, You know, through our colleagues at CRA, for example, you know, if you're getting uh, uh, your taxes done, CRA is distributing some information to reach Canadians about good information, but also pointing to FCC's content on Canada.ca.
0: I think seniors uh, and, and and some of the challenges that they face are tied up in their understanding of what privacy concerns are all about. Uh, their, their reluctance to use digital technology may be a function of saying, I really am not prepared to allow as much of myself to be portrayed online uh, because I don't necessarily trust some of the security systems that have been put in place to protect me.
2: Right. And, you know, we've seen, unfortunately, data breaches and, and privacy issues lately in the news, of course. So we would encourage people to keep their information private, you know, uh, in terms of financial abuse, for example, or, or fraud scams. Sometimes we- People will be provided with email addresses, for example, and say, click here for, um, you know, to link to your financial institution because we have to update something. Your bank will never send you an email to uh, ask you to update information that they already have. So those are likely scams, and we encourage people to be very cautious and not share information unless they are you know, totally certain of who they're interacting with. Again, in Wi-Fi environments, it's important for people to know that Wi-Fi is not a secure environment. You know, you, you need to have a, a secure computer at home with the right software on it to, to keep your information private. But again, it's important. Keep, keep your information to yourself. Don't share it with people unless you're con- you've confirmed who they are.
0: That's Jane Rooney from Financial Consumer Agency of Canada. Time to hear from Sherry McMillan now on a number of topics, beginning with estates in multiple jurisdictions. Lots of your clients, I take it, have uh, U.S. interests of one form or another. Um, What kinds of factors does that introduce into an estate planning discussion?
1: Well, wherever you own an asset, Peter, is a jurisdiction then that you have an estate in. So although you may be Canadian, if you own a U.S. property or own U.S. stocks, for example, you actually have a U.S. estate And so what that means is you have two estates, not one. You may need dual documentation. So you may have living wills, let's say here in Canada, but you also might need one where you reside through the winter. Um, The one that's the most complex though, the area that has drawn us the most interest is what is the tax problem associated with having U.S. property. So there's lots of good things about having a U.S. property, namely no snow. Um, But beyond that, there are obviously some consequences to give thought to. And one of the things we share with families is the U.S. tax situation is that they have inheritance tax. And there's been a lot of changes with the Trump administration that they've raised the limit to $11 million. So you would think it doesn't impact us anymore. But unfortunately, it's not that simple. That is for American people. That's not for Canadians who get to take advantage of that. In Canada, we get a very small ratio of it. And actually, the wealthier you are, the bigger your problem is. And so it's actually opposite correlated. If you have a larger estate, you're going to have a bigger U.S. problem by having an asset in the U.S. And it can be the tune of 40% of the value of that property. So it's something to really understand and to put in place appropriate plans. However... The good part is you can have it all. You can go south and enjoy your property. We just use a special U.S. trust mechanism to hold the property so you can avoid that taxation that you would have otherwise had to pay.
0: So the lesson in this is that if you are proactive, you can protect yourself, but you can't do it after the fact.
1: That's right. So we need to be proactive. We need to have it in place actually even before we purchase the property. So currently we're working with a family right now that they are buying a property in Florida and we're establishing the mechanism now and then they're going to go shopping. So um You know, I think I don't discourage anybody from enjoying their retirement and, you know, having a warmer climate to enjoy it in, but just in in the fact that we want to design it appropriately because one of the things that we often see is a family is buying the property for a husband and wife, let's say. Well, if we don't have the proper planning in place, Because we're not American, we don't get a rollover and we're going to owe tax on the first person passing, which is terrifying because this is our property for retirement. So this is why we need to design it as a life plan, not a legacy plan, because we're not talking about the next generation. We're talking about you and your partner.
0: And we talk so much on this program about U.S. property because so many Albertans own property in the United States. But the rules are different if you own it in Costa Rica or Portugal or Hong Kong or anything else. And again, you need to know what the rules are, preferably before you decide to purchase property. And at the very least, if you own property there, it means you have an estate there and it means you need a plan for how to protect it and how to deal with it.
1: That's right, Peter. And then the other complication about multi-jurisdictional is where our children reside actually has an impact on how you would design your estate plan. So if all your children live in America, you're going to design your estate plan differently than if they all lived here locally beside you down the street. Um, So this is something new because our children have actually spread out internationally, not like years ago where it was very common for an entire family to remain in the same vicinity. We're spreading out and we're moving all over the world internationally. And so the way in which we inherit is also different in each jurisdiction, and that has to also be accounted for. Uh,
0: If people are uh, thinking about going to a seminar and they uh, show up at one of the seminars that your company puts on, uh, what can they expect? What uh, What do you do in the course of an hour or 90 minutes?
1: Well, I think it's important for us to share wisdom from the community at large, And being that we've had the blessing of doing estate planning for well over 20 years now, I like to share real-life case studies with the families that we have the privilege to join us that evening so they can see how other families have demonstrated meeting their own goals and objectives and how creative you can be with this process.
0: McMillan Estate Planning Founder and Chief Executive, Sherry McMillan, And again, the next McMillan Estate Planning Seminar is coming up on Thursday evening, May 31st at 7 p.m. in Calgary. Pre-register online at macmillanestate.com. That's everything for now. I'm Peter Watts. Thanks for joining us on The Strong Room on 770 CHQR.